We are in 3 Nephi chapter 13 and 14, and I'm sorry I'm not being as regular as I was all summer. School has started, and so that makes the schedule a little different. Um, but I'm super excited to be back to teaching, even with a mask on. It was hard the first day. Um, it really, the kids are a little quieter, um, and I did feel like it was hampering the spirit, but um, I kind of just had to get my head around that it's different, and then I was okay, and I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to be with the youth and how amazing they are and how much it fortifies my testimony and just such a privilege. All right, so in chapter 13, I think the big theme here is eternal perspective, and that is something that I have really prayed in my prayers the last year or two for, is a better eternal perspective. And what that means for me is to not caught up, get caught up in the here and now, but to focus on the next life, that we live for the next life, that we can't get caught up in the trials and the adversities of this life, thinking somehow it's a punishment or we've done something wrong, but really focusing on all of that is leading us to become who the Savior needs us to become. And if it wasn't necessary, he would stop it. And trusting that he has a plan that will make of us who he needs us to be and who we want to be. And so it's it's been a prayer that I've had in my heart because truly I loved Elder Oak's talk and conference where and this was I think 2 years ago this year but he talked about um that we can get really maybe it was just a year ago we can get really caught up in the different kingdoms and he just said it is true, there are three kingdoms, and we will all, all three are much better than anything, much greater, we've been told, than anything we can imagine, and all of us will be happy. But we are not here to preach the other three, the other two kingdoms. We are here to teach the celestial kingdom and exaltation. That's what we were called to do. And of course, I'm saying that in my words. But I really, really loved that because it really helped me go, that is what I want. I want to live with my Savior and with my Heavenly Father. So of course, it's going to take work. Of course, it's going to take refining. And if I can have an eternal perspective, that will help me endure and walk with God through the trials of life. And so I really feel that ties into this chapter. So verses one through four, it talks about service to God. And I really love the theme of this is that we do it for God. Because if you do it for men, then your reward is here on this earth and you don't get the reward after. And my mom was always really big about saying, don't let other people know because what God will reward you with is so much greater than what man will reward you with. And she was really good about teaching us that. And so I love that um, that scripture verse in verse 3, when thou doest thy alms, not let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. And that's just the theme. Don't let other people know. Do it for God. Okay, the next thing we have um, is that praying. Um, and to not use vain repetition and pray that you will be given 
the words to say that Heavenly Father knows what you need even before you pray. Do you ever stress when you pray? I do. Like, I want it to be a really good prayer. And so I think these are verses I really need to concentrate on um, praying what God would have me pray and not that it will be pleasing to the Lord or to other people that are hearing. So this is these are good verses for me because even when I speak, but even when I pray, I do worry about that. That's human nature. And so I think it's really good. And then I love that it has the Lord's Prayer. And the thing that I love about that is I would have your family go through the Lord's Prayer and kind of design what a prayer should look like. That we pray in His name. We pray for His will to be done. We pray for the power to forgive other people and that He will forgive us. And then we pray for His protection. And I really love that. And then very after that um, it is gratitude and humility. And so I love that it outlines what a prayer should look like, the parts that we should have in a prayer. Okay, 14 is forgiveness. What we practice, what we desire, God will do for us. And so we really need to be in the practice of forgiving others. And then 16 through 18 is about fasting. And again, it's that whole theme, do it for God, not so others know. And I remember at one point in time praying to know what I could do to improve my children's fasting so that they weren't complaining about it. And the thought came to me, start your fast on Saturday, go to the temple and be united in your fast, have a purpose and start it as a family. Well, now that we don't have the temple, you can still start on a Saturday night, say a prayer and and emphasize to your children what the purpose is. It just seems like... When we have a purpose, it makes it easier. When we don't fast with a purpose, we're basically starving. And that's why we complain. So I love that. Okay, um, 1920 focus, not on this life, but the next. Everything is like a deposit in God's bank of rewards that we're looking forward to, being with him and proving we deserve that. I love that. Um, 21, where your treasure is, that will you, there will your heart be. I remember teaching this to my kids and saying, when you have free time, what do you think most about? That's probably what your treasure is and where your heart is. So we need to make sure that we are working so hard that our treasure is to serve and be who God needs us to be. Um, then I love that it says in 22, 23, your eye is, if it's single and focus of where we're going, which is our eternal reward, then it will be full of light. And I thought of Elder Anderson's conference talk on the eye that, and um, making it singular and purpose. Love that. If it's not, it's dark and no light. And I love in the temple that it says we will have eyes to see. So I think that's really beautiful there. 24, no man can serve no masters. It's just an eternal truth, and I love that. You don't have to get caught up and worried if people are doing one thing one place and one thing another. One will take over. Either you will serve God. We all make mistakes, and I love that Uchtdorf's bumper sticker, do not judge me because I sin differently than you. 
Um, we don't have to worry about that. We're all sinners. We're all trying to be better. We're all practicing on repentance. But the thing that I love is one will take over. It will be obvious. By their fruits, you will know them. And that we will get to. That's my favorite. Okay, 25, lose yourself in ser service, serving God. And then I really, really love these next verses where he talks about the birds of the field and the flowers, how he takes care of them, that we can truly lose ourselves in service of God and not worry about what's coming. If our whole focus is on serving God, he promises he will provide and he will take care of us. And if you are like me and you really worry about finances, and all of that, these verses have been comforting to me my whole life. Let it go. Focus on God. Focus your whole attention on serving him and being who he needs you to be. And he will provide and he always has. And so I really love those. Okay, God is in charge in 31. Take no thought what you eat or drink. Get, let that be comforting and peaceful to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. No kindness is ever wasted. My mom used to always say that. Don't ever, ever doubt being kind. It's never wasted. And I love that. Take no thought for tomorrow. Verse 34. It is sufficient is the day and to evil thereof. And what that means is just focus on the next life. I love that. Okay. Chapter 14. Um, verses 1 through 5, here's Uchtdorf's bumper sticker, Do Not Judge Me, because I sin differently than you were all practicing. So I love that whole judging thing in the moat. Um, focus on yourself. God's whole purpose is for us to love. We're here practicing. And I loved that seminary lesson that I had um, that my students came and we went through and picked out from articles um, that the church had done. And one of them was Oaks on the doctrine of the church. Um, and it was all about like gay and lesbian and all of the things that were happening. And man, my students taught me a sermon about love. And what we all came to at the end is love does not change where we stand. We live our life and that is a testimony but our job is not to judge. Our job is to love and leave judgment to God. And what does he want us to do? He wants us to love and embrace and to be his hands here to love his fellow men. And so I really, really love that. Verse 6, give not that what is holy to dogs. That just means, you know, record your sacred experiences. Don't blast them out for the public. Hold those sacred to your heart. But we do need to record them so that we can reflect back on those. There, um, just that reminds me of the temple. It's not that it's secret, it's sacred. And we just show the Lord that we really treasure those. I love seven and eight. Ask. If you don't ask, God can't answer. And there's such a truth in that. How many blessings are we kept from because we do not ask? Ask. God so delights to honor and bless us. So ask. I love those verses. Um, verse 12, uh, want to be treated a certain way, treat other people that way. What you want, I remember growing up thinking, I wish I had friends who did this or that, and then hearing that truth in my head. Be the friend you wish you had. Be the spouse you wish you had. Be the parent you wish you had. Treat other people you the way you would want to be treated. That's the best way to live. And so I love that. And I love 13 and 14. Enter at the straight gate. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. The path that leads to the tree 
is straight and narrow. God gives us one way, laws and the small and simple things that we can obey to get to the tree. He makes it very simple to obey. There are so many ways we can sin. And I love, I have this cross-referenced with Mosiah 4.29. It's not possible, King Benjamin says, to number the ways you can sin. It's impossible. So just focus like um, Alma said to Corianton, instead of worrying about if it's fair, instead of worrying about punishment, instead of worrying about the sin, focus on repentance and getting to the tree and God's way and the truth and those small and simple things that we're supposed to do. And I love that. Okay. Um, 15 through 20 are probably my very, very favorite verses in this because this is absolutely God's eternal truth. You do not have to worry. By their fruits, you will know them. It will come out. So all you have to worry about doing is making sure in your life you are producing good fruit, that you are starting your day every day asking the Lord how you can better be who he needs you to be, better love, better serve, better follow the promptings of the gospel. And so I love that it says, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistle? Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. A corrupt tree bringeth not forth good fruit. You do not have to question. It is an eternal truth set forth from the beginning. And so that is so awesome. You will notice you if you are dating someone and wondering, they will either, it will start to come out in their temper with other people. It'll start to come out in their actions or you will notice they are loving. You just can't keep hidden who you are and what a blessing that God makes it that way. Who we serve is obvious. And then that leads right to 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom, but he that doeth my will and the will of my father. And I love that. He will know us. He will know. It reminds me of Holland. I so want to be caught living the gospel. I say that all the time. Quote that because I love that. Of course he will be caught living the gospel and doing good when the Savior comes because every single day he has practiced that. And the Lord knows he is his. He will know him by his works. He will know him by his light. And, and then it goes to the wise man who listens and builds his house on that foundation of those truths and those rocks. And it just reminds me in seminary today, I shared the story. I hadn't meant to, but it came to mind. And I love when God brings things back to mind. But when we moved to Washington, the very first thing my daughter said when we got there, she Marco Poloed her older siblings and said, oh my gosh, I've never seen so many tattoos and piercings in my life. And I've never heard such foul language and words. And my second son, Marco Poloed back and said, I want you to remember two things, McKinley. The first is that God loves those kids. Those are all his children. They just don't know what we know. And second, you will never have to say a thing. You just be you, and I promise within a week or two, they will, they will know something's different about you, and they will not talk that way. And that was true. And man, my daughter grew leaps and bounds this last year. She knew there were good people everywhere, and she got to see and find them. And they embraced her, and they taught her, and she became a better person. 
And so I really, really love these truths of living your life, loving other people, and focusing on the next life, not this life. Our treasure is the next life. This life is all about who we are becoming. And hopefully we are becoming God's exalted people that he will recognize when he comes. And pairing with him, we will be exalted and live with him. But that comes through work. That comes through practice. Practice That comes through refining. So I love these chapters. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you and has in store for you.